Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 52. My name is Samuel Adams, and this is a weekly show dedicated entirely to the world of Xbox to bring you everything you need to know to keep yourself in the loop. So if you enjoy the show, you like what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, add the show to your podcast feed of choice, and get it delivered right to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. But before we dive into today's news, which includes Embracer Group outlining future plans of the IP they've just acquired, Activision Blizzard and the speed of the Microsoft acquisition, and on top of that, Electronic Arts and a potential merger or acquisition of that company, uh, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much for one year of exhibition. Uh, Over the last year, this channel has seen more growth than it's seen in the entire time that it's existed since roughly about 2012 when I started uploading content. Content. Uh, and I'm just so thankful for people that have checked out the show, that have become fans of the content that I make. Of course, I do this podcast and then shorts on YouTube uh, throughout the week, kind of talking about gaming news and Xbox news. Uh, and it's just been really reinvigorating, I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, because for a while there, it was just kind of going through the motions of daily gaming news. And now, I have time for hobbies outside of gaming. I have time for relationships, friends, family, getting outside. It's just a one weekly podcast that I do, and it's always a good time, but it's much, much better uh, for me, and I hope that you all enjoy it as well. So it's been one year since that change came, and I could not be happier uh, that we went ahead and made that jump. It seems like things are really, really going well, and I'm happy to have you along for the journey. Uh, But as I said, we have plenty of big news to dive into today, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Mergers and acquisitions are the name of the game in 2022 in the gaming industry, and that's pretty much been the case for the last year or so. Actually, a little bit more than that now that I think about it. It feels like every morning when I wake up and check Twitter, it's not a question of, oh, what's trending today? It's more so, is there an acquisition today? Who's buying who? What games could come from this? That's kind of how it's felt over the course of the past few months in particular, uh, but really over the last few years as a whole. And this week was no different. Electronic Arts is reportedly shopping themselves around trying to find a partner for a merger or an acquisition. The news originally came from Puck, but I am reading from M. Moon over at Engadget, who writes that, quote, Electronic Arts is actively and persistently looking for a buyer or another company willing to merge with it, according to Puck. The video game company reportedly held talks with a number of potential buyers or partners, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. It's unclear which were interested in fully purchasing EA and which were looking to merge, but in case of a merger, Puck said EA is seeking a deal that would allow Andrew Wilson to remain chief executive of the combined company. EA approached Disney in March in an attempt to forge a more meaningful relationship that would go beyond licensing deals, according to the source. However, Disney decided not to push forward, perhaps because it's currently focused on its streaming service, Disney+. The publication said the idea of a merger between EA and ESPN, which Disney partly owns, is being floated around the industry. Among all other partners, or I should say potential partners, it was perhaps Comcast who got the closest to a deal. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts reportedly approached Wilson with an offer to merge NBC Universal with Electronic Arts. Under the deal, Roberts would take majority control of the merged company, but Wilson would remain chief executive. The people involved did not agree over the price of the sale and the structure of the combined entity, though, and the agreement fell through within the last month. 
EA remains a company of its own for now, but Puck said it has become more emboldened in its quest to find a sale or a merger since Microsoft announced that it's snapping up Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, so that might not be the case for long. It's worth noting that Sony also revealed that it's buying Destiny Studio Bungie for $3.6 billion shortly after Microsoft announced their acquisition. So they go on to talk more about the Puck article and the quotes from it, but that's kind of the biggest news here is that Electronic Arts is open to discussion. So first and foremost, out of all of the potential deals that I saw laid out here, for me, it's the ESPN chunk that's the most interesting. And the question is, would Electronic Arts kind of take the ESPN branding under its umbrella? Uh, And of course, how does that play into the recent FIFA moves where we've now seen the FIFA branding separated from the annual football or soccer games that you see Electronic Arts put out under their EA Sports umbrella? Now you have uh, EA Football Club or something like that, whatever it's called. You know what I'm talking about. It's no longer going to be FIFA 21 or FIFA 22. It's now going to be called something that does not involve that branding. So... ESPN could potentially be a good partner for that in the future. Uh, I don't really see their uh, kind of stand-in branding working so well in the long term. I think it's EA Sports FC, if I remember correctly. It would be nice to have a big sports brand that people around the world are familiar with. Now, of course, ESPN is a very American brand, but I do feel like it has some international uh, firepower. So maybe that could potentially be a good option, at least for the EA Sports side of the business. Uh, But in terms of a larger acquisition... It's going to be interesting to find where they land and if they land anywhere in particular, because Electronic Arts has been on kind of an upswing over the last few years. Uh, Right now, of course, Battlefield not doing so hot, but in terms of games like Apex Legends, things are going fairly well. Uh, Now, they also do have a lot of trash that they've put out in recent years, and that's something that should absolutely be remedied. Of course, I think back to games like Knockout City which were kind of flash-in-the-pan experiences that didn't last much longer than a month in terms of public eye and public uh, appreciation, I suppose. They have failed to really create long-term admiration for IP in quite some time and support the IP that do have admiration. Uh, And so it makes sense that they're kind of shopping themselves around if they're kind of in a, a trough right now. And potentially a buyer could come in, change some things around, make some big executive decisions and get them back on an upswing. But it has to be the right buyer. Uh, I do not think Amazon and their games initiative is in any place to warrant an acquisition of this size. Disney, I could potentially see just because of the long term partnership that they've had to date. And that would probably mean that Electronic Arts leans very heavily into Star Wars, which they already do today with, of course, a coming Jedi Fallen Order 2 and many more games potentially another entry in the battlefront series at some point we will see what happens apple and their gaming initiatives i don't really see that going anywhere i think they've got a good thing going with apple arcade and they really have no reason to get into the gaming space that's just kind of my perception of the deal Now, the big question on your mind as an Xbox fan, in my mind, is could we see Microsoft potentially take the plunge? And personally, I think that is when you cross the line into uh, the kind of too much power in the gaming industry territory. You know, I'm not going to say the word, but it seems like we might have a little bit of a problem if we have Activision, Blizzard, and Electronic Arts under the Microsoft umbrella. They could probably get it done legally. 
That's kind of what I would assume. Uh, but in terms of the timeline here, I don't think that Electronic Arts is willing to wait that long because you do want the dust to kind of settle, I would assume, after the Activision Blizzard deal closes. So the real question here is, could Microsoft do it potentially? Will they? TBD. I don't see it really happening. And I don't see Electronic Arts and the way that this deal is being described right now, willing to kind of hand over the reins to Microsoft uh, as a leader in terms of what's being developed and how the stuff is being handled. Uh, if you want Andrew Wilson to remain the head of Electronic Arts, it seems like that's going to be kind of uh, too many hens in the hen house kind of situation when you're around the boardroom. So, again... Totally my perception of the situation, and I could completely be wrong. Uh, but it's very interesting to me that Electronic Arts is jumping in, especially hearing the report from Puck that says this increased interest is a result of the Activision Blizzard news that we saw earlier this year. And as a note on that Activision Blizzard news, Microsoft says the Activision Blizzard acquisition is, quote, moving fast. Of course, we just discussed it looks like they're going to be set to acquire the publisher for six. $69 billion, and that includes plenty of big studios under that banner. We've got Activision, Blizzard, King, uh, so many other companies up underneath that little banner. Uh, but this report comes from VGC, which writes, Microsoft said at the time, when it was announced in January, that it hoped to complete the deal in the first half of 2023, subject to closing conditions and the completion of a regulatory review. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission is handling an antitrust review of the deal to determine whether the takeover would give Xbox an unfair competitive advantage. And in a new interview with Belgian business publication Le Echo, Smith said Microsoft has also received requests for information on the deal from European and U.K. competition regulators. He also suggested the acquisition process was now entering its middle phase. It's moving fast, at least fast enough for an acquisition of this size, said Smith. We have received requests for information on this subject here in Brussels, but also in London and Washington. We answer questions, we give briefings, and we provide the information requested. One of our attorneys summed it up pretty nicely by saying, We're coming to the end of the beginning, and now we're entering the beginning of the middle. It's a long process, and we're still at the stage where we are answering questions. Of course, excuse me, for us, of course, the sooner it is done, the better, but we will respect the process, end quote. So it sounds like things are going smoothly. Of course, we see reports uh, that I think personally are a little bit exaggerated by the media, uh, talking about new probes into Activision Blizzard and the deal itself. And of course, I've always been one, and I think I've said this on the show before, to take the mindset of, if there's nothing wrong, then there's nothing to worry about. And if there is something wrong, then it should probably be addressed. Uh, so I'm not one that is rushing to push this deal through. You know, I'm not a fan that's waiting with bated breath to see the final uh, completion announcement on the Xbox Wire and the announcement of subsequent hundreds of Game Pass games potentially coming to the service. Uh, that's not really my cup of tea. What I do want is for all of the studios under this banner and everyone that works for Activision Blizzard and all of the connected entities to be ready and to be legally in good standings to make this move. That's kind of the biggest meaningful impact to me. And so I think that uh, the way this sounds, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see it close by the end of the year. And once again, what does that mean for a potential deal with Electronic Arts? Could they just say, hey, to the lawyers working on this deal, thanks for everything you just did. Can you do it again? We'll have to wait and see about that one, but it certainly is a very interesting time in the gaming industry. And I've said this before, but I want to bring it up again. Consolidation can be 
a double-edged sword. Under the right leadership, things can be great. I think that Microsoft so far has proven themselves to be very good with handling studios and giving studios time that they need and funding that they need to make their projects a reality without relying on crunch, without relying on poor workplace culture. Now, that's not to say that Microsoft is perfect. We've heard reports from the studio behind State of Decay uh, that things are not looking good over there. And of course, crunch is something that remains prevalent in the gaming industry. But you see Microsoft being very keen on delaying stuff if it needs to be delayed. Bethesda has as much time as they need right now for Starfield. They pushed that one out. The same thing with Redfall. We saw a year-long delay of Halo Infinite, which arguably should have been delayed a little bit longer, but it's in a good spot right now, I think, with Season 2. Uh, and so that willingness to push these projects out and give these people the time they need to really perfect their uh, product, I think, is so, so important. So it is good to see that they are making these moves uh, because I think Microsoft is a good option here when it comes to buying and selling companies. But uh, I will also say the consolidation could be a huge negative. Of course, we see a lot of controversies with Electronic Arts itself, which has acquired studios in the past only to shut them down and move them to other projects. Activision Blizzard itself is another culprit of that. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about Vicarious Visions, I think is the name that comes to mind, uh, that has just been kind of... Uh, you know, gone the way of the road. Went to the went to the uh, the farm upstate to retire. Uh, that kind of thing. So it's just an unfortunate situation where it's a 50-50 chance of a company buying it and being good, and a company buying it and being bad. But uh, consolidation still, in my mind, has more perks than it does detriments. As long as you still have plenty of indie studios out there uh, that are making what they want to make and that are under publishers that allow them and fund those projects, I think that's the biggest uh, takeaway for me and the biggest point that I want to make. So enough rambling about these two deals specifically. There are some pretty big deals set to come that are already in stone and that could potentially come in the future. Let's continue with some merger and acquisition talk with kind of an expounding of the recent Embracer Group acquisitions. Of course, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we saw Square Enix Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, and Eidos Montreal all come under the Embracer Group umbrella, or at least that ball has been set in motion. And on top of that, you also have the acquisition of some incredible IP, including 50-plus Legacy IP, alongside Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and Legacy of Kane. So that's kind of a recap of everything that they've bought over the course of the past few weeks, but now we know a little bit more about what they want to do. Embracer Group sent in its full year financial report to investors, and that has shed some light on what it wants to do with its newly acquired North American Studios, writes GameDeveloper.com. It's no surprise that Embracer Group bought these studios to cash in on that IP, but it is interesting that the company is publicly committing to the promise of remakes, remasters, spinoffs, as well as transmedia projects based on these games. Remakes and remasters have been a growing staple of different game publishers' portfolios as they allow companies to introduce new studios to a franchise, restore classic games to the video game market, and of course, profit from player nostalgia. All of that revenue would pile on nicely with the cash Embracer earned in the last fiscal year ending on March 31st, 2022, and in that year it earned about SEK $17.03 billion or about $1.7 billion in net sales, up 89% 
as compared to the year before. In the fourth quarter, ending on the same date, it earned $5.28 billion in net sales, up 117% from the same quarter a year prior. And I say $5.28 billion, that is SEK. I don't know what that currency is because I'm an uncultured American, but you let me know down below. Uh, so with all of this being said and this story kind of being laid out, I love it. I really do. Uh, and I think that remakes and remasters have a place in the industry if they're done properly. And I say that uh, because, you know, we have rumors of a potential Gears of War remake. We have rumors that a Last of Us remake, which is remaking a remaster, kind of weird on that one, uh, are coming out later this year. And I think these are important because they modernize classic experiences that many consider to be iconic. You know, I look back on even things like Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy, and Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. I think that's what it's called. Uh, and so being able to see those games brought to a new generation is really, really important. I think it really does kind of create this new generation of fans. Now, in the same breath, too many, rem uh, excuse me, too many remasters, too many remakes can be a negative for the industry because you rely too heavily on what exists without the drive to push forward and create new ideas. So it's important to kind of strike a balance here. And I think that is something that Embracer Group is doing really well, where you do see remakes of Destroy All Humans, for instance, which I believe is under their umbrella. Uh, and so seeing what they've done with that, to be able to see that for potentially maybe the first Tomb Raider, that sounds pretty cool, uh, Deus Ex getting a new coat of paint brought forward, I think that all sounds really, really nice. Uh, and whenever you also see the same thing happening to The Last of Us, which is not an old game in the grand scheme of things. I think this justifies these kind of moves. Now, in terms of The Last of Us and that remake, personally, I don't really see it being necessary. I think that The Last of Us Part Two is super, super great. Uh, and I think that it improved on the original in so many ways. And it looks a thousand times better than the original game. But you don't necessarily need a remake of The Last of Us. That's just my two cents on it. Deus Ex, on the other hand. Again, getting some age on it. So it would be nice to be able to see uh, that one kind of remade and that uh, idea come out fresh. The same way that Microsoft is uh, making it happen with Perfect Dark. I think that's a perfect option uh, for that kind of thing. So we'll see what comes of these projects as they start to evolve. Again, this is super fresh. This is literally just a big mega company sharing their intentions of a recent acquisition. But at least now we know a little bit more about what to expect for, again, legacy IP like Tomb Raider and Deus Ex maybe even some thief we'll have to wait and see for fans of the witcher 3 wild hunt it looks like that next gen update is coming out sooner than we thought but earlier than we expected if that kind of makes sense of course this next gen update was delayed earlier this year but now rather than coming out sometime in 2023 it's been pushed from q2 2022 to q4 2022 so it looks like this one is going to be landing sometime in the holiday season the news comes from the official witcher twitter account which writes let's make this seventh anniversary even better better, shall we? We are delighted to share that the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is planned to release in Q4 2022. See you on the path, Witchers. That is the perfect release date for me, I think, because as we see, many of this fall's biggest games are getting pushed back. So rather than someone diving into Starfield, for instance, which is going to be this big, huge, open-world, open-universe uh, kind of RPG experience, it seems, you, maybe you can go back and play the next generation version of The Witcher while you wait for that 2023 release of the next big game. Kind of fits in perfectly if you ask me. 
This is not a game that I have actually had the pleasure of playing all the way through. I've probably spent about 30 hours or so between three different attempts to get past the first 10 hours. And by the time that I actually am able to get back to it after getting busy with life, I've forgotten what happens. I start over and it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. So, hey, maybe I'll dive in later this year and check it out for myself. Uh, But this project is interesting because it was recently brought in-house, I believe due in part to the Russian-Ukrainian conflict and the partner they had uh, to help make it happen. So to see that this game is now on track, set to release later this year, certainly is a good sign. And hopefully, fingers crossed, they nail it. Because I would have just assumed that CD Projekt Red would nail this a few years ago, but lo and behold, Cyberpunk 2077 had different plans. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, lock this one in as a done deal until I see it for myself. But we will just wait and see on that one. Again, Q4 2022 will be here soon enough. To round out today's show, some Game Pass news is coming your way. If you are a subscriber, you have some fantastic new games that are available now and more to come in the future. And of course, some other perks as well for Ultimate members through EA Play. Let's talk about those new games. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass, Jurassic World Evolution 2, Sniper Elite 5, and more. As always, Megan Spur over on the Xbox Wire has the rundown. She writes, Hey friends, please act surprised. We have even more games coming to Game Pass. For a real surprise, we have five games coming so soon that it's literally today soon. Charge your controllers, plug in your mouse, fire up your second monitor, and let's look at what is coming to your playlist for the rest of May. Available today, as in right now. Her Story on PC, Jurassic World Evolution 2 on cloud, console, and PC, Little Witch in the Woods on console and PC, Skate on EA Play via the cloud, and Umarangi Generation Special Edition on cloud, console, and PC. Coming soon, on May 19th, you have Farming Simulator 22 coming to cloud, console, and PC alongside Vampire Survivors. Of course, both of those are now out now. Then on May the 24th, you have Floppy Nights on cloud, console, and PC, Hard Space Shipbreaker on PC, and Sniper Elite 5 drops on May the 26th on console and PC. That's a pretty big day one get for the service. Then on May the 27th, we have Cricket 22 coming to PC and Pac-Man Museum Plus on cloud, console, console, and PC. As a note, that last one, Pac-Man Museum Plus, features 14 of the series' legendary games, and they celebrate 40 years of Pac-Man history. Phenomenal stuff right there. Also, notable mention here, Xbox Touch Controls are added to 11 more games, including Tainted Grail, Visage, Far... Changing Tides, sorry, it's a very small font, let me zoom in here, Uh, Contrast, Kentucky Route Zero, Townscraper, perfect for that one, Loot River, really good time with that one as well, Euden Chronicles Rising, Danganronpa 2, Paradise Killer, and A Memoir Blue. Awesome list to add touch controls to as well. Overall, really, really good additions here. Uh, So, to back up to the new games that are coming... I want to talk for a moment about Vampire Survivors because this is a game that's kind of been going a little bit viral on Twitch. I've seen it mentioned on Twitter a couple of times, but it is the most mundane, basic game that I have fallen in love with. Basically, you just have to avoid enemies and you continue upgrading your character and you just continue building and building and building. And it is basically Risk of Rain 2 without the need to aim. That's pretty much the way that I would describe it. Uh, If you have a PC and you have Game Pass Ultimate, absolutely check this one out. If you don't have Game Pass Ultimate, it's only five bucks. I checked it out last night on a whim, and I ended up playing for about an hour, maybe two hours. 
I had no intention of playing a game at that time, but man, this game is fun. Uh, and I would say it's going to be kind of my new coffee game. In the morning, I'll get up and I'll do a couple of runs of Vampire Survivors. That's kind of the way that it feels to me. So definitely check that one out. Uh, but on top of that, Sniper Elite 5, as I mentioned, is a huge win for the service. And again, one of the big spring games, big early summer games uh, that we're checking out right now. So again, some good stuff here, but I think that we're really kind of building up to what we'll see uh, with the Bethesda Xbox Game Showcase in a couple of weeks. I think there are going to be some pretty big Game Pass announcements nestled in there. Uh, but I will also say the touch controls are a great touch, no pun intended, uh, and I'm glad to see that they're continuing to add this and it continues to be a focus of their initiative uh, because I think that Cloud is going to really play a big part in their summer and fall plans if these rumors of a potential streaming stick are going to be legitimate and building out that cloud platform, it's cool to be able to see that you can play anywhere without the need to lug around a controller. Uh, now, with new experiences, of course, some are leaving. That's the way the cookie crumbles. So leaving the Game Pass library soon are EA Sports NHL 20, Farming Simulator 19, Knockout City, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Spellforce 3 Soul Harvest, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, and Yes, Your Grace. Now, of course, if you do want to buy any of those games, you can save 20% with that Game Pass Ultimate Membership. So dive in, check those out, get a deal if you want to have any of those in your library forever. Highly recommend doing so if you do want to. But alongside the new games, we do have some perks if you are an Ultimate member, because EA Play member rewards are here now. This comes from Adrian McDonald over on the Xbox Wire, who is the Senior Manager of Corporate Communications, who writes, May continues to rein in new content for EA Play members. Whether players are running the pitch in FIFA 22, in their Inter Milan Made in Milano apparel, don't know what that is, or gearing up with the close shave weapon charm in Battlefield 2042. I know what that one is. There are new rewards for all types of players. And you can see right here, I've thrown it up on the screen, uh, pretty much just a collection of cosmetics, some XP boost, uh, some bag rewards in NHL 22. Apex Legends has a shield loading screen. Uh, but just again, a couple of freebies for those that are really enjoying their membership and getting the most of it. Uh, for me, the only one that I can really enjoy is the Battlefield 2042 weapon charm because I, for some reason, continue playing that game. Uh, but if you play anything from Apex Legends to FIFA 22, it looks like FIFA 22 in particular, or Madden NFL 22 or NHL or even Grid Legends, uh, you can check out these perks from May 1st to the 30th for the majority of them. Uh, some end on May the 19th, but you can check out the entire rundown over on the Xbox Wire. And for me, with EA Play, it's just a phenomenal perk for Game Pass because this is not a subscription I would originally subscribe to, but clearly it's working out well for the team at Game Pass and the team at EA. So it makes perfect sense to keep it going. And again, it's nice to have. I certainly take more advantage of it here than I would if I, you know, was not subscribed, as I would not be if it wasn't already included in this membership. That wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. And again, thank you so much for supporting one year of the show. Whether you watch every single week or every now and then, I appreciate you making time for me and your content schedule because I know you have a lot of options out there. I also have a lot of options out there. And so it really does mean a lot to take the time to listen to what I have to say and to have these conversations about gaming in general. But if this is your first time you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button on YouTube 
YouTube, add the show to your podcast feed of choice, and I'll see you every single Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon, and remember, keep on playing.